All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, spinning the one and twos. Your number is 877-374-7463 as we roll into our number three. Um, today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. Or they come in different flavors, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, so keeping it moving here, uh, just sticking talking about the um, – NBA. Another thing that we're uh, pretty much inching up on, uh, Jonas was just talking about this during the break, um, LeBron. And um, what is he, 36 points now? I think he's 36, I believe, away. Got the exact uh, total for you. I think it's around 36, if I'm it's not around mistaken. around there. Um, to break into Kareem. And the question is, they're, they're in action tonight. I believe. Yes. Uh, who who do they got? Who's the Lakers? Uh, they've got the Thunder tonight. Hmm. That we were just talking about. Yeah. Um. Thunder, by the way, they they started off good, but against Golden State last night. But Clay, ooh, Clay went nuts. You know, and keep in mind, this is no coincidence. This, I mean, I've been talking about Clay coming, getting his legs back, but this is the first game without Steph. Stepped it up. I don't know how much he can carry him, but that, that you know, Jordan Poole probably had one of his better games last night before. But that Thunder team that took the L last night, so they play Lakers tonight. And what is the point total with LeBron? It is 36 to okay. pass, That's not to I tie. So 35 to tie, 36 to pass. And this is in Staples tonight? Or Crypto, I guess? God, I'm, it's always going to be Staples. Man, mama name them Staples, I'm calling it Staples. Crypto, it, it, son? It is in Crypto. Um, when you factor LeBron James averaging 27.2 po- uh, points per game, you know he'd have to score nine more than his season average. Uh, we do know he's been on a tear recently. Uh, he had 27 the other night against the Pelicans. Uh, but there was a stretch there where he was scoring 35 a night. Um, but he scored 20 in his last five games, uh, NBA.com, uh, 27 points against the Pelicans, uh, 26 against the Pacers, uh, 28 in overtime against the Knicks, 41 against the Celtics, and 20 against the Spurs. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say after tonight, he's 36. I'm going to say after tonight, he'll be about eight points away. So what's that, about a 27-point night? I'm bad at math. No, it'll be 28. If he's eight points away, 28. 28 plus eight is 36. There you go. There's one thing I do. Math, math in my head, counting money <laughs> and math in my head is great. The, the geometry and the trigonometry and the calculus is where I said, no, no, thank you. But, yeah. Division. I wasn't dividing ahead. I can't do that that quick. Probably better than my earlier years, and I can now. But yes. So if he's only eight points shy after tonight, that means he scored twenty eight points. So I'm thinking that a ballpark, he will probably be anywhere from the neighborhood of eight to I'll say eight to four. At the minimum, he'll be eight to fourteen points shy going into the next game to break the record. I don't think he does it all the way tonight. I don't think. I mean, will I be shocked if he does it? No. I mean, LeBron can go for 
any given time and situation, and depending on his body's feeling that night, he can go for, still go for 40, 45 if you have to. But if you ask me to actually go to a betting window and put money on it, I would say probably no. I would take the under. I would take the under of 36 for tonight. You know I love a good story, and do you think that the story is better if, if, if it also comes against the Bucs? Again, not only the Kareem attachment to the Bucs, mm. but against a team with, that features Giannis, a, you know, MVP, and not and, and instead of a rebuilding Thunder squad. I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're going the story route, um, and that's what you're concentrating on, then I would say yes, maybe. I mean, come on. this is a, I don't care who he does it against. I mean, hell, he could do it against the uh, uh, the, the generals, the, the team the Globetrotters play. I mean, hell, passing Kareem, I didn't think I'd see it any time in my lifetime. I didn't even think, you know, because – and I think that hit me. You know when I thought that? Because it wasn't like I grew up saying, man, no one's ever going to basically pass the captain. Because, first of all, I couldn't stand the Lakers. I couldn't stand Kareem when he was playing. I couldn't. Okay. But I think it hit me when Jordan was done. And when Jordan was retired and they started putting up Jordan career, and I saw where he was at on the list. 32,292. At that time, I said, if Jordan, in my mindset where I was at that time, I told myself, I said, well, damn, Jordan's only at that. And then I looked at, I said, no one's, I don't think, no, I'm never going to see somebody get that. And, you know, and again, you know, the crazy thing about it, LeBron has been so, polarizing of a figure on and off the court and we live in this day of trolls and media and the whole goat and he ain't better than jordan debate we've kind of got lost in the fact that like this is a this is a stat like he's just crept up on it maybe that's maybe that's the not to say he's crept up on it but it's it's let me put it this way i I said that wrong it's something that has crept on up on us Speaking us as fans and us in the media in regards to like, damn, when you look up and you and and really, I think this really started about a year or two ago when we're like, damn, man, he's got a shot at Kareem because it's just one of those records to know. It's like the hidden streak, man. No one's getting attention. The national media talk shows like this. No one is basically talking about anybody's hidden streak in this day and time until you, a guy gets around. If he gets, I would say, 25 to 30. We're not going to start it at 15. You're not going to start at 18. I think the right, because we've had this over the course of the last seven, eight years. We've had it. I would say in the last decade, I think. We've had a couple guys get to like that 30 mark, I think. Uh, but it, in my opinion, so to me, it's not so much of that um, he crept doing this. It was the fact that this whole process has crept on us because we've been so caught up in the, is he the GOAT? His finals record what he's done off the court for social justice, all this kind of stuff, the decision. We've been caught up in all of that and the polarizing figure. I think it has kind of crept up on a lot of people that cover the sport and the media that, like, this is really about to happen. I mean, honestly, like, I can't imagine. I mean, even LeBron, a guy that's going through it or living it or there, I would assume, like, I don't even think it's going to hit LeBron for a while. Because even after he passes it, whether it's tonight, the next time they play Milwaukee, I don't think it's even going to sink in with me until actually when it's done and be like, damn, it's no longer Kareem. I want to see, and for the new listeners, okay, especially for my audience out uh, in Lubbock, okay, shout out to 100.7, the score out there. Um, I've been talking about what is this going to do and how is this going to be because of the relationship between Kareem and 
and LeBron. There's been no relationship. Okay. And I think that, and LeBron kind of put it out there in one of his interviews he did the other day, but I believe when you look at it, you know, outside the championships, really, I think their career and their legacies are going to be linked based off of this record and based off of what they both did for social justice off the court. Now, formerly known as Lou Alcindor, Kareem was fighting this fight when there was dogs still chasing us in the street, when it was still segregation, when it was there. I mean, not taking it away from anything that LeBron done has done, excuse me, but it's still, but they still would be linked because different eras, different times, some of the stuff we still deal with to this day, but it's different in regards to the, the extreme. So, but I still think that they'll be linked with these two things, the record, the scoring record, and then pretty much what they both done off the court for fighting for social justice and stuff. But again, it's just one of those records that I think we, we probably won't appreciate it until he gets there. And the thing that's impressive to me, you'll probably hear some people talk about this, but I also think from the position he plays, his height, and keep in mind, LeBron has never really been known as a good shooter. He had to work to even be as good as he had. Remember the game plan? I know people down here in the region in the 2-1-0 remembers. I mean, if you go back to that Spurs final with Cleveland and you go back to even that Spurs final with the Heat, that first one to go around, it's a situation where Pop's strategy was to, hey, keep him out of the paint, don't let him drive, sag back and make him shoot that mid-range outside shot. LeBron couldn't hit it for a while. Now, when they went to that finals that they ended up winning, I mean, one of those games, it kind of backfired on Spurs and Pop because he got hot and was hitting them. But he always credited Pop, meaning like he – so my point bringing that up, this is a guy that basically didn't keep people up at night because of his shooting. This is a guy that hasn't shot free throws that good, especially in the back nine of his career. He's a one, almost a one and one guy, it seems like, all the time. And then you talk about a guy that's going to end up, what, top five in assist? Whew. He's never going to be my GOAT. I mean, I think he's the GOAT off the court and on the court, especially one of the GOATs athlete-wise of what he's done off the court. To me, personally, it's always going to be Jordan because that's what I grew up And then you got some guys that are older than me that would say Kareem. Hell, Pat Riley said Kareem's been his GOAT if you look at it. And if you really want to talk about the king of basketball – it's hard to press that the captain and Kareem probably ain't up there because he won at high school. He won at college at UCLA when they were going through their dominant runs. You know, um, it's, it's, it's one of those situations where over and what he done with the Lakers and Milwaukee, he, his, his resume gets overlooked a lot too. When you talk about Jordan, LeBron, you know, hell, even people to bring up Wilt Chamberlain when people call dominance of a player. You know, Kareem gets a little bit overlooked. And I think that has a little bit to do with why Kareem has kind of had the red ass, uh, you know, for a while, especially since he's uh, years, since he's played decades, since he stopped playing. Uh, but that's what it's going to be interesting to me. Does this record that's going to joint them together or link them forever together, does it make their personal relationship better? Does it bring them closer? Because I'm pretty sure Jenny Buss, you know, the Lakers organization, 
Palenque, Rob, I guarantee you they would like to have a real blowout. Like if I'll tell you this, if the relationship, if LeBron and Kareem had a relationship, somewhat a relationship up to this point, I think even with the Lakers in this, the Lakers would have been making this a bigger, this would have been a more blowout type of campaign, marketing campaign between those two. If they had a relationship, I do believe that. I mean, think about it. I mean, for one, what's the chances of, you know, what is not only passing this record, but what is the chances LeBron is going to end up in L.A.? A guy that was drafted by Cleveland. What is the chances of that he's going to really end up doing this in a Laker uniform? The same thing that Kareem basically played in. It's it's kind of eerie. And, and to me, I just feel that. I think if the relationship was better between Kareem and LeBron, this would have been made a bigger deal from a Lakers standpoint, in my opinion. What are you going to say, Jones? Well, I think it's a story that LeBron himself, injuries forget you know injuries aside, kind of anticipated doing. I think that he added this chapter to his career, believing that he could play another five six years. And that he could chase down Kareem in a Lakers jersey. Well, no, I mean, oh, so so, you're, I, so, so, so where you're like, wow, look at the odds of you know what, what about the odds of of him doing this in Lakers and the story and Kareem? I think that he kind of wrote this chapter a little bit. I, I think that I he know, knew. I mean, again, his health has has always always kind of been there. I mean, his conditioning over the last few years, especially in L.A. It, nobody's seen this before. I, 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 you know what? I'm not gonna totally. I'm not gonna totally push back on you on that because you know if I feel you're saying something totally, I'll push back. But I think due to the fact that we know this guy's very calculated in every tweet, uh, every response he has to somebody that has said something to him or used to or said something about him in the past, I'll probably give you. That's why I will you you'll let me ride a little bit. I'll ride with you a little bit on that. But I still think I guess what I meant is just the when you look at the basketball universe. I'm talking about when you just look at the way it played out, whether he just sit there and said, hey, man, I got these two year deals. I'm not committed because I want to control my career, which he does. Those are true. Whether he had in the hey, man, wouldn't it be cute? Wouldn't it be cool if basically we went and we had, uh, you know, if I end up if he's telling Maverick Carter and all these guys like, hey, if I decided to go ahead and break this and they're looking at this, hey, man, wouldn't this be something if we went and got this done in L.A. in an L.A. uniform? Yeah, maybe those conversations took place. I mean, I think you're on to something there. But I still feel regardless whether this was planned by him, it's just the irony. It's just the fact that this is going to be done again in a Laker uniform. And it brings me back full circle. Hell no. They could have been on good terms. Brooklyn was not trading Kyrie to L.A. Nobody wants to help the Lakers hang number 18. When things like this happen to the everyone, they have they got the titles. They're tied with the most titles. They've held the all-time. They have a player in their uniform that that holds the all-time scoring leader, and they're going to have a guy that's going to pass him in their uniform. Now, in my opinion, LeBron's always going to be a Cav. And yes, with the Heat, whatever LeBron's always going to be Cav. And the reason why is because he's marketed himself as the kid from Akron. He's done that, and we know why he left. And then he came back and delivered. He's always going to be a Cleveland Cal. That's my opinion. That's why Tom Brady's always going to be a Patriot. I don't need no one-day signing just so he can retire a Patriot. He's going to always be a Patriot. Peyton Manning's always going to be a Colt, even though he don't act like he was down there lives at Dover Valley in Colorado. But they treated him wrong, so that's a whole other story. But there's certain guys, man, that you're always going to be 
you know, in that way. But the moral of that story in that segment is, no, he doesn't get it done tonight. I take the under. But I think, when is that Milwaukee game? What is the next one? Uh, so that's going to be on Thursday, uh, two days so from now. This won't be a back-to-back, so he'll have one day off. Correct. Yeah. And according to Reuters, Kareem is going to be at both games. He will be in attendance, Tonight, according to reports, uh, yeah. at both games. That's nice of Kareem, and I, I also think that that's – I'm going to give him tip my hat. I think that has a lot to do with Jenny Buss as well, too, and the Lakers. Because think about it. Kareem could have easily said, hey, I, I don't want to take – this is his moment. I don't want to take away from that. Even though that could have been bull crap, but could you really argue that? And so I'm saying that I'm going to give credit to Kareem of being in attendance. And I and I want to add something a little bit to that before we move on from that. And we'll take a look at what other games on the docket tonight. We've got two decent ones in college basketball tonight. I'll touch on those real quick. And then we'll look at the NBA schedule as well before we get out of here. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a Dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 877-374-7463 is your number. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind are you moving around the greater san antonio area choose the storage experts tiger moving and storage whether you're moving an office or the whole family tiger moving and storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient prompt and cost-effective service to learn more and to secure your portable storage container today go to choose tiger.com tiger moving and storage official sponsor of the sports grind So I just keep cheesing Hard drive full of heat seeking Trying to come to San Diego's Jack rethinking You don't need Givenchy, you need Jesus Why do y'all sleep on me? I need your reasons Alright, back here on the Sports Grind Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark Spending one and twos And producing the show Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios Um, Alright so keeping it moving here, all right, keeping it moving. And keep in mind, you miss any of the shows live or any of the first hour. You know, if you're in Lubbock on a catch in the first hour, you can always go to sportscrimeonline.com where you can click play and you stream the show live and you can always download the podcast from there as well. And also you can follow me on Twitter 
at Sports Grind as well, too. Or you can stream the show and leave comments as well. Um, real quick, sticking to the hardwood, um, told you about some of the matchups tonight in college, which you have uh, two big ones. I mean, you have Marquette that's traveling to take on UConn. Uh, and then you have Rutgers, who just cracked in the top 25. Uh, they're going to be taking on Indiana. What do you got? Well, I'd argue that you have three big ones. I mean, who did I, I mean, miss? Everything tonight is ranked, actually, in, in men's basketball. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, Rutgers, Indiana, uh-huh. uh, Marquette and Connecticut, UConn, uh, NC State, 2020, uh, 22 NC State against number eight, Virginia, uh, and then okay. 17 TCU at 12, Kansas State. Yeah, and you wonder how Kansas State is going to come off of that loss that they had against uh, Texas when they they were up big and they blew that lead at home. And then all of a sudden now you have them coming back. So, yeah, I'll give you that, Jones. Those are a couple. I think those other matchups, though, are those are kind of, you know, those are meat and potatoes of it. I get it. I don't I sometimes I don't like to try to play too much into the even like I am in the college football, the AP rankings and such like that. Um, but NBA wise to and speaking of that, Duke got hold out last night by Miami uh, which I think was a given because you know they came off an emotional anytime you have that Carolina versus Duke game and that was in Camden they I mean Duke laid the wood to them not not they kind of laid the wood to North Carolina um, either one of those programs this year really where we would think of Duke and North Carolina if you look at a lot of the true uh, what do they call them the blue blood blue grab whatever that the hell they call all them majors, they were pretty much struggling for the most part. I mean, now when the dust settles, maybe they're still the teams in that lead eight, sweet 16. But for the most part, your, your, you know, your true blue bloods. Your blue chips. Blue chip. No, nah, they don't call them blue chips. That's no, Nick blue, uh, oh, oh, you're talking about blue blue Just blue, with that whole region. Program. Yeah, blue you know. blood programs. Yeah, I, right. I think it's one of those situations to where they could be there when the dust settles, but that's why I feel like it's all the way open. But Duke, they just got killed by Miami uh, last night. Another college note, you know um, – they say you get more edgy when you get older and stuff. Jim Beheim too. He's getting a kind of ornery, you know. That's my grandma used to use that word. What the hell does that mean? But getting kind, of, you know, he's getting real frisky down there with the media because the retirement talk. You're asking because think about it, Jim Beheim, man. I mean, he's been doing this. I mean, he's been at Syracuse since I was like, seems like since I was like seven. Eight, nine, ten years. I mean, he's been there a long time, man. And and you know he's. You know, he's been coaching long enough, fortunate to see his son play on his team. I don't know if he's had one son or two sons on his team, but he's starting to get questions down there when it's time to go on, you know, when it's time to move on. But um, I just think with college basketball, man, it is wide open um, this year. I mean, I don't understand. I mean, I get it, but, you know, Purdue was able to stay number one even though they lost over the weekend. I think Indiana got them. I think that's who they beat them, but they were still remain number one. But college basketball is starting to get up and really ramp up to go. That's who they lost against. Yeah, I figured that was. And see, that's why tonight, and who did I say Indiana has? Rutgers, right? Uh, yeah, 24 Rutgers. I wonder what the line is on that one. Because I will tell you right now that, again, it's those, when you're dealing with young kids, it's those emotional letdowns. You know, that's a big win for them to beat Purdue. You got to wonder what are they going to be tonight against Rutgers, who's kind of gotten hot of late. But switching back to the pros, NBA, a couple notes. I kind of touched on it a while ago, but, yes, Golden State, they started their first game life without Steph, which is going to be out several weeks. But Klay Thompson just went nuts. He had like 12 or 13 threes or something that he hit last night. Um, 
I've been saying that he looks like he's going to come back in his form. And especially I'm looking at, and really who I'm looking at to really step up in Steph Curry's absence because he's got the youth and he got paid like it. And that is the guy that took a two-piece uh, from his teammate, Draymond Green. Well, that was a one-hit quitter. Um, I'm looking for Jordan Poole to step up and try to carry the load. He had a decent game last night, but Clay really put him on his back. And, you know, when we talk about the Clippers, you know, they defeated um, – Brooklyn last night they could never pull away from that game I mean you wonder you know Brooklyn's coming in you know short stab Kyrie just got traded KD's still out uh, but they fought and you got and I really feel and I've been meaning to bring this up you know I really feel for Jock Vaughn a little bit you know Jock Vaughn spent his time down here on this bench um, hell, I think Jock even suited up for the Spurs at one time, if I'm not mistaken. You have to fat check me on that, but I think he suited up at one time here. I could be wrong, but I know he was on the bench. But, you know, this is his opportunity. He takes over for Steve Nash, and it's obviously, didn't he? Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, uh, 2006 through 2008. Okay. Um, you would think obviously, and it's obvious you saw it, they played a lot better under Jock Vaughn than they did Steve Nash. There was a better effort on defense. They looked like more of a team than individual. And Jock Vaughn was really a class act yesterday after the game. I mean, his press conference, you know, he didn't – he said, listen, I have nothing but positive to say with Kyrie. I saw him in with his kids in the locker room. He goes, I'm rooting for him to be successful. He goes, you know, this is the same guy that I've seen score – 50 points at one time, 60 points. So, Jock, and he said, hey, and somebody reported, asked, well, what are your thoughts about Kevin Durant? Do you think Kevin Durant could want out? And he said, hey, I'm not trying to get in Kevin Durant's head. I'm going to coach the team that's here. And and I think one thing that is kind of getting lost in this, from all what I've heard in reports is Kevin Durant really has taken a liking to Jock Vaughn. He's really bought into where he's trying to go and what he's trying to take. Now, I know Jonas had the information that yesterday that Brooklyn's, what they're telling us now is their attention. They still want to build around KD. But I think that KD, and I heard Woj say this earlier, that it's ongoing conversations are really what they want to do. Because Kevin Durant really doesn't have any years to waste. He's on the back nine of his career. Like LeBron, they're all he's on the back nine. So he took a gamble in Brooklyn and hasn't really played, you know, paid, uh, played out that way, positive for him. But I just feel that last night I really felt, I said, you know what's lost in this is Jock Vaughn, his opportunity and look what you're left with. And that kind of, and you know what that goes back to me? It goes the same way. I haven't touched on this one uh, before we get done, but going back a little bit to NFL, when I look at Todd Bowles' situation. Look at Todd Bowles, man. Bruce Arians did everything to set the job up for him. We're going to give you, uh, you know, Tom Brady the last year. And look at it all just crumble like that. And Todd Bowles is damn near almost back in the situation that he was in with the Jets before they sold off all their best players and didn't allow him to do so. Jock Vaughn, I think he's proven in the short term that he can coach. I mean, I don't understand any reason why. And he and if you really have to blow this up, which there's a good chance they might if they get the right deal for Kevin or Kevin wants to move on, there's probably not a better coach. You need a coach like Jock Vaughn that's going to be able to be with a lot of young talent you're going to get and kind of teaching them the right way to go about things to get a W and win. Uh, so you're going to have to really focus in, you know, pretty much that. And I think he's the right guy to do that. Uh, but what do you got? Well, one of the really interesting things is you look at tonight's NBA slate, uh, you do have the Phoenix Suns at the Brooklyn Nets. Phoenix is minus 7.5. But within the last hour, Woj reporting 
that there is an ongoing conversation, of course, with the KD in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. But Phoenix's new majority owner, we did have a sale, a new governor now in the in in, in the NBA, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Ish, uh, Ishbia is fully engaged in overseeing the organization and has been aggressive in pursuing ways to make a major and immediate impact. Durant has had past interest in the Suns, but so far Nets are telling teams they have no intention of moving him. And that's according to Woj's report. That's Woj's report. Hmm. And and you have the two teams playing each other. Now, I want to play again, you know, Lakers and Kyrie and that whole thing taking place in Brooklyn. Brooklyn, again, uh, Lakers played in in Brooklyn. Three days later, Kyrie Irving requests a trade out with the Lakers as, as his preferred destination. And now you've got the Brooklyn Nets uh, playing the Phoenix Suns. You know, again, I know you went there with the whole Kyrie situation and, you know, having a dinner with LeBron and, hey, man, just go and get out. You know, we can work. I really think this had to do with the, the, the timing of it supports you going down that road. But I really think with Kyrie, this really had to do with the disrespect of the contract situation, number one. It took him longer than they, he wanted to and expected for them to give him a new deal. And number two, it's still that mix of the relationship that what happened with the owner in regards to Kyrie Irving and having to sit there and really apologize before you can even join the team about a retweet, a tweet of a documentary on Netflix, which I believe some of the animosity from Kyrie still is that this is the thing that was lit. The match was lit by the owner. I mean, the owner made this a story. So it's one of those situations to where Kyrie's probably thinking like, well, damn, you know, you could have pulled me in your office. And especially of being part of the Jewish community, you could have pulled me in your office. You could have said, hey, can I talk to you about something like uh do you understand what that tweet is or whatever? Like, I, 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 there's nothing being reported like this. This is just my opinion from getting into a little bit from Kyrie. If I'm in Kyrie's shoes, he's probably looking like, you couldn't talk to me this behind closed doors? Like, you couldn't address this to me? You had to go publicly and shame this. And then the whole, I mean, you really put him in a situation where he had no choice but to handle Kyrie. You know, so... Those two things, I don't really think it's the dinner with LeBron or trying to get to the Lakers because, no, I I think it's just the timing of it. And it just had to be like, hey, you know, you don't trade me. I'm walking. Period is that. If you don't trade me, I'm going to go ahead and walk. So um, but KD with Woj in that report, that's very interesting because the Suns, because even their CEO just stepped down. So the team has been officially transferred over and sold. Yeah, right? it was approved. All the governors mm-hmm. approved it with the exception of Dan Gilbert in Cleveland because uh, him and Ishbia have some business wow. uh, aggression. Uh, so he abstained. It's not like he voted against it. He just abstained and did not vote to approve. Um, so this is the Woj report. And, and there's books out there putting lines on this now. Suns are favored at plus 200. Followed by the Celtics at plus three hundred, the Warriors return return to Golden State at plus four hundred, Hawks at plus five hundred, and Raptors at plus six. For Kevin Durant, all for KD. That, run, that, that's his next his next team odds. Run that run that down again. 
Uh, Suns are favored, plus 200. Right. Celtics, and we had the report from Stephen A. and him saying, you know, Jalen Brown, uh, KD deal, that came out yesterday. Right. And that's plus 300. A return to Golden State at plus 400. The Atlanta Hawks at plus 500. And the Toronto Raptors at plus 6. I mean, I, I, me personally, you know, those are odds. They set those for a reason. I think it really comes down to ultimately who would give the best option or package to Brooklyn. Definitely are those teams on the list. I think Kevin would probably look at Phoenix because of the coach, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Um, I think if, if, I think if the Phoenix Suns would happen to be able to acquire KD, I definitely think that puts them in automatically serious contenders to come out of the West. I still don't know if that team, hypothetically, if this would happen, I still don't know if that team is good enough to dethrone, I would say, Milwaukee or Boston that could potentially come out of the East or Philly. I think in the West, when you look at Steph Steph Curry's injury, and like I said, if he doesn't really heal right, like if he doesn't get healthy, they're not pushing him back out there. They're just not going to do it. So you definitely would sit there and say without Steph Curry, they're not coming out of the West. And then you would look at the next culprits in which I've been high, and I think if they're healthy, they can get everybody. You would look at the Clippers, and then you would look at um, – I will tell you this. Yeah, because if they pulled that, they would definitely be one of the favorites come out of the West based off the Steph Curry injury and where Golden State is. And not only that, what that does do, though, with the Steph injury, that really brings in it, – it brings in it, – it, it gives more light and more breath and more chance and hope to Laker Nation. Because at the end of the day, LeBron is playing at a high level. I mean – Westbrook is in, I don't know if he's going to win it, but he's in conversation talks for six men of the year. And of course, you talk about a year that you're going to see history with LeBron past Kareem. LeBron would be very motivated. You get him in a situation of four out of seven. And that would all come down to the health of Anthony Davis. That's really that. But I think that Steph Curry injury, depending on if he's able to come back or not, that has opened the West a little bit. But I believe that after the All-Star break, if the Clippers can get a stretch of 10 to 15 games at least mixed in with what they're trying to do with load. I mean, there's load management and there's Kawhi Leonard and Uncle Dennis management. But if they can deal with that, and I feel over a course of 15 games, if they can play those 15 games with John Wall, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George, and their role players on the court for at least 10 or 15 games, I think that's going to be enough to give them some continuity to really have to be a favorite to come out of the West. But you notice as the disrespect continues for me from on this show and that whole segment we just spent on right there, the West, this stuff ended. What's the one team I didn't even bring up? The team that has the best record in the West right now, Denver Nuggets. And I didn't do that really on purpose, but it just shows you that I, there's just something that for, I'm going to tell you this for one thing. For Mike Malone's case, I hope this is the year that they finally get over the hump to get out of the West. 
and back into the final. I'm not talking about that Bubbles finals or Bubbles Western Conference finals. Because that's who the Lakers played in the Western Conference finals, right? The Nuggets? Wasn't that, that, wasn't that the case? Or what did we do? I can't even remember. You know, that wasn't even that long ago. But what was that setup like, that bubble? Because that was the time that we created the play-in game. But that was still your traditional... We didn't have the traditional West and East, did we? Did, did we have in the bubble? Did we have? Oh, no, you tra- definitely had okay, East and okay. West. I mean, because you can't you can't toss conferences out the door. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it was. But the Lakers took that, that one four to damn one thing was a yeah. So it was Lakers had beat them in the Western Conference Finals four to one. Okay, mm-hmm. that's so odd. It was better than nothing, man. Because I thought I was gonna die for four months without sports. Period. If you had to have one more GOAT debate or best sixth man off the bench or whatever because it was just constant, constant, constant over the summer. I got introduced to what Netflix was. Okay. Uh, On demand. I got introduced to what that was late to the party. But COVID, that whole period changed a lot of our lifestyles and never get back. Um, But, yeah, the, the Nuggets, I mean... If they just had, if you told me that their third guy, if you told me you had the Joker, Jamal Murray, who looks like he's really getting back to his old old form and health-wise, if you told me that you had a third wheel and it wasn't Porter, and who else? What's my other guy? Probably like? Aaron Gordon. See, I was going to say Gordon, too. Look, Gordon's playing good ball. He's played good ball since he showed up from Orlando to Denver to the Maha City. I have. To, I don't know if I can trust him to be consistent yet in the postseason. This is really my whole pushback with Denver. It really is. I'm not trying to sell anybody that they're not a good basketball team, that they're not. It's just I just know that the league – I mean, I just know it changes in the playoffs when you get down four out of seven and Joker can't do it by himself. And, I, hell, I don't even think Joker Murray can do I mean, I'm pretty sure Murray going to show up. He's got his – he's you know, he, he's he's been to a little battles. They've been together for a while. But that third leg is what really, you know, has me skeptical with the Nuggets. But we'll see how the second half goes post-All-Star break. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. All right. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock. People up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, and before you roll off the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. 
That's Tyler Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here.